Hi, and welcome to the Theme Park Trader Podcast with your hosts, Ryan and Dan. Hello. This week, I'm going into detail on Galaxy's Edge and the pros and cons of the land as it was when I visited in October slash November, so before Rise of the Resistance opened, although we can talk a little bit about Rise of the Resistance and the increased problems that it's brought to the land. So yeah, it's going to be kind of mostly uniquely Galaxy's Edge, although as always I'm sure there's other bits and pieces that we're going to talk about. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic. So, Dan, the first thing mm. that I wanted to talk about this week, which actually isn't Galaxy's Edge related. Come on, you just said <laughs> in the intro. I know. What are you doing? Someone contacted us on Twitter to say, you know, I think the, uh, I'll read out the exact wording. I, I'm a little bit worried. Regarding our episode last week, episode 200. Right, okay. Still a little bit worried. That's a good see. thing, a bad thing. It's, it's a mix. Okay. Um, so John Self says, "Guys, love your podcast, but your advice for the ten ten year gap person about touring Universal Orlando was not great. Your plan assumes they have um, EPA early so what early the, park access. What was, the, what was the what question was it for? The ten year. It was about um, Jen haven't been to Universal Orlando in ten years. Oh, okay. And what should she, what what do we recommend doing? Uh, so your plan assumes that they have early park access. More likely they should start at Islands of Adventure if no rain. Um, the reason why I said go to Universal Studios first is because whenever I'm in Universal Studios, and this is perhaps a bit short-sighted of me, Universal Studios opens early because it's Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, okay. So it's okay. open at, say, like, 7 or 8, whereas, and Islands of Adventure doesn't open until, say, 9. Right. But apparently... For much of the year, they open at the same time. Oh, I see, right. Okay. Which I didn't know, because I'm not there that time of year. Yeah, I can never remember what time they open. So, I, <laughs> um, I think, Jen, if you're, if you're listening to this one, uh, thanks, John, for writing in, first of all. Um, if you're not going September, September, October time, then just check the park hours and make the decision from there. Right. If Universal's opening early, I would go to Universal and get there early and do it. Did he say why he recommends going to the islands? I would assume it's for Hagrid. Right, okay. But no, he didn't go into any specific detail. Um, no, just... Fair enough. I still think Universal was the better park. In terms um, of your rides... Uh, I think it's difficult. Islands has, like... Some great rides. Some, some great rides. But, but there's, there's only, like, of, four. Yeah, there's a lot of, sort of, fluff in between them, isn't there? Yeah. Um... 
Whereas I think Universal's probably got more consistent experience. Mm. Um, like, I don't know, obviously, obviously Islands has got, well, they've now got Hagrid's, not that I've ridden it yet. Mm. They've got Hagrid's, they've got Hulk, they've got Spider-Man. They've Harry got Potter. Harry Potter. Um, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yeah, that's, you know, it's still good. Um, that's but, pretty much it. Yeah. Hulk, did we say Hulk? I did say Hulk, yeah. That's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty pretty, pretty much Toon it. Toon Lagoon I mean, and... Um, for, uh, Lost, forbidden... What's it Lost, Continent. Lost Continent. You could just walk through them. They're yeah. they're uh, and, and, and Zeus. Zeus landings. So three three areas are just so pointless. So like half of the areas are pointless because you've got otherwise you've got the Marvel area. Which yes. I can never remember the name. What it's called? The Harry Potter Super area. Island, and um, Jurassic Park area. Yeah, those are the so, only areas worth visiting. Yeah. Whereas Universal, you've got you've got good rides in I think every area. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Even in the two area, EC is hit and miss for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, the first half of the ride. I mean, I went on it three times this year. Three times. Yeah. Blimey. I want to make sure that my opinions remains the same, <laughs> and I'm still very much. People are going to start questioning this ride. <laughs> well, he went on it three times, but he hates it. I'm still very much of the opinion that the first half of the ride is great. Right. And then it goes. You just close your eyes. And, and then it just goes your ears. Te- terrible. And you know, the third. I think it was the fourth time I said, "Oh, should we just go on it because we're here?" Right. Then I was like, "No." <laughs> so like, I'm not the only one that doesn't like it. Yeah. Um. I, as I said, I like I really like the queue area and the first half of the ride, but then, it, then, it's, then it's bad. But we did a Christmas special with um, Dis After Dark mm. or Universal After Dark a few years ago, a couple of years ago now I think, where we we talked about ET quite a bit. So um, yeah, so thanks for writing in. Um, we will always we're always happy to be corrected, and we're always happy to talk about those corrections on on the podcast. I think it's useful for us to be aware of. The opening times outside of the times of year that we don't go, you know, I'm not, I'm not on the Universal app checking park openings every day. Um, if I, if I was, I think I'd be very, a very unhappy man. <laughs> um, Remember, reminding yourself that you're not there every day. Every day, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so Jen, if you're going um, any other time of year, just be sure to check the. Yeah. The opening house. Yeah, I don't think we. She didn't say why and when she was planning on going, did she? No, I just assumed it would be <laughs> the time of year that I go. <laughs> so there you go. But onto the main p- part of this podcast, which is talking about Galaxy's Edge, and I kind of briefly went through it on my trip report and talked a little bit about some of the pros and cons. But I wanted to save the deeper discussion for today. I think it deserves its own episode, whether it's half hour to an hour I don't know yet we don't know but I wanted to start by saying that when walking into the land for the first time it is mind-blowing as a Star Wars fan at what they've done mm. like I, no matter what the negative things I say today the level of detail that has gone into the creation of this land is is re- really is second to none it looks stunning doesn't it it, it looks it looks just insane. from what I've seen again I've yeah. not been there yet I'm it looks insane well, everything has been. It looks like the land has been lived in as mm. well. So it it looked like the door panels are like slightly scratched, but they still have that Star Wars. You know, Star Wars kind of. We actually, I watched um, A New Hope last night. It always looks a bit old, but also futuristic. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. everything's kind of looked like it looks like it's been a bit battered and gone through, but yet there's still a droids. war of stars. A war of stars, say. exactly. Um, but you know, there's still droids and there's still blasters yeah. and lasers and all that kind of thing. Um, and the land very much feels like that. It it looks and feels like you're wandering around a planet from the Star Wars franchise, mm. which is a big tick in Galaxy's Edge, I think. That's what they were looking to achieve. Yeah. And that's what they've done. 
Um, the missed opportunity for me is it's not somewhere that I recognise. There's a lot of people complaining about that, saying it should have been Tatooine, it should have been right, um, somewhere familiar, Endor or what you know, whatever, somewhere familiar. Yeah, I I kind of see the point on that, but equally, if they'd done Tatooine, people would have been like, oh, but in the films, that hut. <laughs> doesn't look like that. It, it, you know, it's got more of a curve yeah. to it. It's it's got cracks over here. And so, it, so doing it as something unique gives them that little bit of flexibility. I think so, and, and a bit more creativity, I guess, as well. Yeah, and and also, I think either way, they're going to have Star Wars fans moaning about it. I don't think they can. I, th- I think at this point, with some fans, yeah, you just can't win. It's pr- it's probably it's probably better and probably easier to just say it's somewhere completely new because then it doesn't tie up to a particular set of films yeah. doesn't tie it to a particular generation it just keeps it generic as such doesn't it well the problem but the problem is they have tied it to a particular set of films oh they have well r- with Rise of Resistance they have haven't they well and also and the it's... only characters wandering around are from the Resistance and First Order era right okay so you'll have okay, Kylo so Ren right, wandering so around they have tied it to a, yeah, yeah. to a degree haven't they which I think is is good for now obviously yeah. we're the, the, the third film is out this week um, in that trilogy, episode eight, nine, no, nine, nine. Could we still have a Star Wars fan, Ryan? <laughs> I just forgot. <laughs> we all forget about the Last Jedi. <laughs> I'm watching that tonight, actually. I'm still. I've still got um, Empire, Return of the Jedi, and then Force Awakens. And well, I mean, you got you got your work cut out before. Uh, I won't before... be. I won't be watching them all before I go and see it. I'll be watching them all before Dara and I go and see it. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm going to see it Wednesday at midnight. Yeah. Um, so there's no way I'll fit them in before then. Ah. But uh, we'll, we'll, as a couple, we will watch them before Donna goes to see it with me. Right, okay. I'll be seeing it at least four times, I would have thought. Regardless, <laughs> I mean, I think For- Force Awakens I saw five times at the cinema. Jesus. Last Jedi maybe twice. Right. Maybe twice. Significantly less. <laughs> you know, I, I hope that when I watch it again, it's been a couple of years now, Yeah. that I enjoy it. Yeah, but th- I mean, there's certain scenes, even the the, um, the lightsaber scene that everyone raves about. I watched it again on Twitter the other day. Is that in? Is is that as in the one with Snoke? Yes, with all the the guards. Right, okay, was that in the Last Jedi? Was yeah. It? Oh, okay. When I, I like that scene. But... Yeah, when I watch it again though, yeah. it's like it's a red room that looks like it's a green screen. Yeah. And they're both terrible at fighting, <laughs> so bad. And I, I, when I, I mean, Ray kind of has an excuse. Yeah, she Kylo Ren doesn't. Been, she hasn't been trained. Yeah, Kylo Ren doesn't. He's awful as well. I mean, Ray just basically is, is. If I was to be handed a lightsaber, yeah, that is what I would be doing. <laughs> I'd be trying to hit people as hard as I possibly can. Yeah, she's literally just going. <laughs> and to be fair, Kylo Ren's not much different. And that's a real problem I've got with the trilogy is that we've not had a decent lightsaber battle yet. No. Not, you know, like, I, you'd argue that... I was trying to think back, it's like Force Awakens, you've got like Finn and Kylo, and it's like, well, he's yeah. just only just picked up, he doesn't... He's, he doesn't even know how to use it. No. And then even then, like, Rey's obviously just learned how to use the Force. Yeah. Um, she hasn't had any, like, proper training. She still no. hasn't had any proper training. No, she hasn't. Like, And then, when you think back to the prequels, the lightsaber battles on that are really cool. Like, mm. yes, you could argue that over-choreographed, especially like the Anakin Obi one. Mm. fights but they're still cool to watch like I watched it Friday night yeah and Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting each other is so cool to watch mm-hmm. and the Yoda Emperor scene as well yeah is amazing like it's so I remember watching that at the cinema seeing Yoda walking into the room where Palpatine's sitting down and I was 
Oh, it was like a dream come true. I was like, this isn't about to happen. There is no way this is about to happen. And then they both like at the lightsabers. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, here we go. <laughs> and still to this day, that scene is still absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I really do think that these movies have lacked a decent lightsaber battle. Yeah, so far I think I I I, I think I would agree because I think I think they they need to be a bit more gritty with the lightsaber battles as well. Then I like mm. I I rewatched the scene last night from Rogue One mm. where it's like right at the end where Darth Vader comes in. Yes. and that's such a badass scene, isn't it? One of the best scenes that Star Wars has ever done. Absolutely, and we need more like that. Yeah, you know, 100%. more sort of dark, gritty scenes. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. And you know what the um, the Asian guy in Rogue One. He's much better with a. What? <laughs> Just like the way you said the Asian guy. Well, I can't. Th- I can't remember his name. <laughs> uh, everyone knows who I'm talking about now. I can't think of who you're talking about. The guy that's like the force. I'm one with the force. The force is with me. Oh, uh, that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's clearly like an ex Jedi, isn't he? I don't uh, know if it was ever confirmed, but he. Yeah, I can't remember whether it was confirmed or not. I can't. Yeah. He. I, I want to see he, a movie based on. He uses the. Force doesn't he? Well, he's never such, or, yeah. Or he, he kind of know. He know he's got knowledge of it. But, yeah, but you never see him use a lightsaber. No, or does he? I don't think he actually uses the force as such. Does no. he? But, no, but he's like I am. I am the force of me. I am one with the force and the force of me. And like he's yeah. walking through and like no shots are hitting him. Yeah, um, and he uses that. He uses that stick with some. Jedi reflexes, and he's blind as well. Yeah. So I'd assume that. So he <laughs> says. So he says. <laughs> yeah. I assume he can use the force pretty well, yeah. given that he's blind. I reckon he's the next Jedi. Right. Okay. Who's? But there we go. Either way, that scene with a non-Jedi is better than any scene that we've seen in the trilogy, mm. the newest trilogy. Yeah. Back on track to Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> um, it's very much set in the new trilogy. I only I saw Chewbacca, Ray, and Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren not doesn't really wander around so much. Che- Chewie and Ray do tend to. Right. Okay. Ray tends to gravitate to whatever small child is dressed as her. Okay. And just okay. hold her hand and walk around. So with she her. went up to you, did she? <laughs> yeah. It's <was> like, <laughs> oh, it's Ray. Um, which is which is cool. You know, I, I think that's like a really nice idea. But they're going for storytelling. Yeah. What within the land? Within the land, and it just seems yeah, it just seems a bit bit odd. Like. You've got Resistance one half, First Order in the other half. Like, it's no real secret that they're there. The Falcon is parked outside. Um, <laughs> the First Order have banners everywhere on that side. Yeah. And they're all like, you'll see like a Resistance operative, I can't remember her name, it's not right, who's like, literally like crouching behind pillars in the First Order section, like, looking around corners like, oh. Well, like a real person. It's yeah, just... like a real okay, person. Okay. And like, almost, like, it's... Not quite this bad, but almost to a point where she's doing like forward rolls from one pillar to the next, <laughs> trying not to be seen. Yeah. But sure, I mean, literally, the Falcon is right there, a known ship that is associated with the Resistance. Yeah. And you think that they don't know you're there. <laughs> so it's that kind of weird you thing. You it falls apart a little bit. It does fall apart a little bit. Because um, I can literally walk in a space of 30 seconds from the First Order section to the Resistance section. Right, okay. And I'm like... Why is there not a battle here yeah. right now? And there's first order troop troopers walking everywhere. Like there's usually a, like two people, two two troopers that are walking throughout the whole land constantly. Mm-hmm. So you think? So it's on. kind of like they've tried to do the storytelling, but obviously they they've got certain restraints. So it's a bit weird that they've kind of 
gone so f- they tried to push it so much when if you think about it a bit too hard it doesn't yeah. make any sense no and I, and I think which they, they did fix for the opening of Rise of the Resistance right and it's the fact that Kylo and Rey never meet but for the opening they did they had a cool like a really awesome light oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on top Upon, of the roof yeah but that's only happened once mm. I mean they're in the same area yeah, they both sense each other's presence. Why aren't they doing that on, a, on like a daily basis? Yeah, just a couple like of times a day. No, don't yeah. set a time for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Randomise it throughout the day. Yeah. So they just like bump into each other or whatever. And then they just, obviously they have to make their way to the roof somehow because otherwise you can't be flailing about with lightsabers when there's little kids nearby. <laughs> but I think there's a real missed opportunity there to not have that in the land. Yeah. You know, otherwise the story the story's cool. I don't dislike what they've done with it. But I think setting yourself in a trilogy which hasn't, which has done very well financially, it hasn't really got the backing of a lot of fans. And I mean, I spoke about this on on Diz After Dark a few weeks ago. I think young girls have, have never been more interested in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Ray and Ray is a, a fantastic character. I think young boys are starting to find themselves disinterested in the franchise. And speaking to a couple of people on Diz After Dark who have. Look, little, little boys, obviously sons. Yeah, they're not that interested in it. Oh, okay, uh, but you kind of see why. Who are they looking up to? Who, mm. Which cool character have they got? Kylo Ren is really the only. Yeah, force. Like, I'm talking force wielding yeah, character. Oh yeah, force wielding character. There, there's yeah, this well. I mean, Finn's really... not particularly interesting. No, I mean he's, he's not force wielding anyway, and, and he's not interesting at all as a character. No, not really. Um, like Luke. In the Last Jedi, didn't really do anything. Didn't, didn't really do much, and then the, the, there was a scene where it, hit, it was pretty cool. Yeah, but now he's gone. Yeah, we don't so, know if he's dead, but he's gone. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, I, he's, yeah, I assume he's dead. Assume he's dead. Yeah. Assume he's going to come back as a Force ghost, but um, for all intents and purposes, he's dead. And he didn't really do anything the whole film other than sulk. Yeah. Um. So for 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 boys, whereas when they were growing up, they had. Um, depending on what era you had Han Solo, even though he wasn't a force wielding character, he was pretty cool. Yeah. Obviously, you had Obi Wan, old and young. You also had Luke. Yeah. You had Vader, who is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Even the Emperor is quite a cool character. And admittedly, there weren't enough women characters in Star Wars. Leia, Le- you know, watching last night, New Hope, Leia was a fantastic, fe- almost feminist icon at the time, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Like she's talking. She's talking back to Luke and Han and, and barking directions at them. And, you know, again, rightfully so, they're both idiots. Um, <laughs> but I almost feel like it's flipped too far the other way. Right. So you've not really got a cool male Jedi character that is really resonating with kids. Yeah. I, I, like, the, I, I'm, I like the split. I think it's interesting to see a female-led story with Star Wars. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it at all. It's... I, I have no issue. I know there's a lot of fans that do, but I have no issues with it. But what's interesting is the impact that it's had on boys growing up now. Yeah, you think they haven't quite got the balance right. So I'm, I'm wondering if they've missed a generation of kids now right. liking Star Wars. I don't know. That's just the feedback that I've had from a couple of people that have mm. boys in the house. They're right. far more interested in Marvel than they are Star Wars. Right, okay. Do you think that's... <sighs> yeah... Whether it's a failing of Star Wars or whether that's just that there's other distractions. Well, yeah. You know, they if given the choice, where they'd rather watch a film with Iron Man or Captain America or you know whatever mm. than um, Star Wars. Yeah, could, could be could be that. Yeah. Um, also, I don't think that we've had an. I mean, Ray is an interesting lead, but she shows no real power at the minute. 
The, um, um, yeah, I mean, they said that, oh, JJ has come out and said that, you know, oh, she's really powerful and that sort of thing. She's picking everything up and there's a reason for it mm. and all this sort of stuff. So there's, obviously, I assume there's going to be some questions answered Hopefully, this film because it's like the last of the Star- Skywalker Yeah, sort but of we've had no... This is the problem with... The, as much as I've enjoyed this trilogy so far, yeah. we've had nothing really interesting happen with the Force. No, there's been... There's, there, we've had two films, a lot of questions, no answers. Yeah. And, and, and at least in like, especially in the prequel series, yeah. you have a really cool lightsaber battle at least once in the movie. Mm. And I feel like they've just, it's basically like two kids have picked up a lightsaber and tried to fight each other mm. in, both, in both films. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think, none of the kind of like uh, leaders, masters have been strong, like shown to be strong, like mm. Snoke. Or however you want to say biggest it. Biggest mistake they've made is cutting like, him off, I think. There was nothing... There was you, you barely saw him. He didn't do anything. No, he didn't even use his, use his powers, did he, no, at all, I don't no. think. Luke, he barely did anything. As you said, he spent one the entire film sulking. Mm. And then, he yeah, he had a good moment towards the end. And then he was gone. Yeah. It's like, oh, well... And it was cool. Yeah. That was a cool moment. And then, a cool but, twist. Yeah, but then now the fact that he's gone... Yeah, we're like, going to get Ray angrily just like trying to poke someone's eye out with a lightsaber yeah. and Kylo Ren just probably trying to knock down a tree because he's so angry. <laughs> you know, it's, it just feels like it's missing that that really cool lightsaber scene and I hope we see it in this one. Mm. Um, but anyway, back to the land again and I think that's missing from the land as well. It, there's no, there's a lot of secrecy and a lot of like the First Order are trying to find out if you're working for the Resistance. If they see you on your data pad, i.e. your mobile phone, <laughs> <laughs> they'll like come up to you and be like what are you doing on that are you in contact with the resistance and literally you could just you, like yeah I'm texting your mum <laughs> texting your mama <laughs> um, you can literally go turn around and be like uh, I mean I just saw Ray walk down there <laughs> like come on are you blind are you, I know you can't see very well in those helmets but what you're asking me is ridiculous <laughs> you, you literally walked around the corner a minute ago you must have seen her yeah yeah. you just passed in the street what? yeah <laughs> what's going on come on um, so I guess, I guess that's kind of a negative of the storytelling is it's it's very close together right um, but then I suppose maybe like in uh, I'm trying to think um, like one of the originals I guess the first one mm. um, they're kind of they're on Tatooine and there's stormtroopers around and they're milling around oh absolutely that sort of yeah thing. yeah um, and you've got like obviously but then you know obviously Luke and Obi-Wan they weren't kind of like known as much at that point, were they? So. But there was the there was the moments where obviously Obi Wan's like move along, yeah, move along, yeah, and yeah, also yeah. they get they got sh- they get shot to pieces in the in the hangar, and before that they get recognised at the bar before they sneak off. Right. I, right. I mean, I know remember all this because I literally watched it last night. <laughs> but you're right in that for most of that section, the Empire and effectively the Rebellion, yeah, are operating in the same area. They're in the same yeah. But it, it, the problem in the, in the land is that they never meet. Right, okay. And they in the film, pass. they meet like two or three times in that space. Yeah, so you think they could, they could have some scenes in the land where like Ray meets the stormtroopers. Tells them to move on then, or whatever. Yeah, tells them to move on, yeah. Whatever she, you know, she could go about your business and they just yeah. look a bit confused and walk away. Yeah. Amazing. That's what they need, perfectly what it needs. Or, you know, they see a resistance fighter, which there are a few walking around, and they arrest them. 
Yeah, or or chase after them, and then, it, and then it goes off into a like the behind the scenes. Yeah, you know, something like you know that's that's the kind of walking section done. Yeah, change costumes, yeah. kind of thing. Perfect. That's what it needs. Like a Scooby Doo skit. Yeah, <laughs> running from door to, door to door. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly the resistance fighters chasing the stormtroopers, and... <laughs> and then there's a guy playing a banjo or something. Yeah. Um, but that's what it needs. It does need a bit more interaction between the cast members. Yeah. The other problem with the storytelling, which I did talk about a little bit, was the that they're too far into it. Right, okay. And there's so much into it that... I thought it, you were going to say something else then. Like too far up their own ass. <laughs> oh, no. That's what I thought but you were they're, so, they're so into the storyline that has been told to them yeah. that they won't give you directions to Star Wars Launch Bay, which I saw firsthand. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, but that's, this person just needs to know where to go in the park. Mm. You're, they know they're in a theme park. They're not stupid. I understand kids... Mm-hmm. Kids might yeah. be like, "Oh my god, I'm in Star Wars," but again, they don't know what Star Wars is. Oh, so that I find a bit weird because they're like, like literally, they're like, "Can you tell me where Star?" Wars... I heard her say, "Excuse me, can you tell me where Star Wars Launch Bay is?" Yeah, she was like, "Oh, I, what do you mean? I've not heard of War of the Stars. <laughs> um, I have heard on this planet uh, far, far away there might be something you need to know over this way." Right, and it's like that's the best you can do. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I. Like I get the fact that they're trying to be in character, but it's it is frustrating if you just want to know directions. If you just want basic information, yeah, they should tell you. Yeah, and I know that Nick from his After Dark had problems with his um, credit card or debit card being used in O's Cantina, mm. and instead of saying, "Oh, there's a problem with your card," they came up to him and said, "Oh, there seems to be an issue with your credits." Right. Okay. And he didn't know what they meant. He's like, <laughs> what, "What do you mean? There's an issue with your credits?" Okay, but what does that mean? Yeah. And he had to then work it out for himself. It was something to do with, I don't know, spending dollars on his card and it hadn't, he hadn't ticked a box or something. He right, had to go okay. into the app and, and say that's fine. Right. But they could have just told him, oh, it's probably because, you know, it's a foreign card and yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe just have a look at your app. Yeah. Instead, it's, it's a problem with your credits, that's which makes just, no sense. It just causes a bit of confusion, doesn't it? And it's just like unnecessary. I know that I'm in a cantina in a theme park. Yeah. You know, I'm in my <laughs> late 20s. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> If it's a kid, by all means. Yeah. But if I'm asking you a question when my credit card isn't working, <laughs> you need to tell me in, in English, in Earth English, what it means. Yeah, that's the thing. It's kind of did, didn't didn't they have something similar? Like somebody asked where the toilets were or something like that, and they were yes. just like they don't use the word toilet or something. Yeah, so they they were unhelpful about that. Yeah, which is you know it is is a problem and it needs to be needs to be sorted. Um. So I've kind of covered that the land is the land is incredible to look at. It really is. You could spend quite a lot of time just looking at the detail and all of the uh, the doors and the walls and the shots. They're all very very cool. Yeah. Do they, um, do they have a lot of? Obviously, one thing in like say Harry Potter mm. lands is they have a lot of shop, but a lot of them are facades. Everything that I could see, you could go into. Okay. Uh, even the marketplace is like a series of little shops. Yeah, I would say, yeah. I'll be honest and say the merchandise didn't impress me that much. What, actually in the land? In the land. Because yeah. it doesn't say styles on it. Yeah. Like, welcome to... Uh, like they had t-shirts that said, like, welcome to Batu. Right, okay. Which were okay looking, but they were expensive. And if I want a t-shirt, I want it to say styles on it. Mm. You know, maybe not actually have... The, the, even the t-shirts that, that I liked were, like, $40, something like that. Ooh. It's like thirty five, forty dollars, right? And I'm like, I'm not paying that for for a t shirt that is, eh. yeah. It, you know, it was okay if it was twenty dollars, I would have bought it. Yeah, but I I can pay for Star Wars merchandise that I actually like 
like really like for less than that and a lot of the toys and things like that they've got in there they have like mini like homemade kind of looking like ray dolls right okay like little um, okay. like wall ones I guess yeah because I think they're trying to make it authentic aren't they to the land yeah so, but like... I was like I don't know it looks terrible <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm not the audience for it to be honest no no but it didn't look great but then yeah it makes you wonder how much it would appeal to a younger audience because it's kind of like you know it's Star Wars, but it's not really Star Wars as such. And it's kind of like, is it going to mean anything to the kid that it's mm. like, you know, it's not, it's, if it's not like a, yes, it's based on Ray, but it's not like an action figure or something like that that yeah. you might want. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, the biggest problem that, the, I mean, again, I, I spoke a little bit about this on This Is After Dark. Uh, we were comparing it to The Wizarding World. Okay. The big thing in The Wizarding World that you can do that you can't do in Galaxy's Edge is dress up as one of your favourite characters. What, because Disney don't allow it? Disney don't allow it. So in in Hogsmeade, you can dress in wizarding robes, you can carry a wand, and you feel like a wizard. Mm -hmm. Now, the biggest mistake they make there is they call you a muggle, even if you're dressed up as a wizard. Oh, okay. That that takes the piss. (laughs) That really takes the piss. I hate that they do that. If you if you're looking if you're in normal clothes yeah fine you're a visiting muggle yeah if you're clearly dressed in wizarding robes with a wand yeah then you're not a muggle are you no because um, the idea surely the idea would be that you're like a uh, you're just going about your business in Hogsmeade or yeah whatever you're, it is. you're a school well, I can't think of you can't think of which, which a wizard yeah pupil pupil you're yeah. a pupil of Hogwarts that's yeah that's yeah. probably the idea isn't it yeah. You know? Whereas, you know, you go to Disney and they sell costumes. You can buy, um, like, the first order, first order, first order imperial, not imperial, first order officer outfit. Okay. But if I was to buy that for, I don't know what it was, it was like $200 or whatever, I can't wear it. Right, not in, in the part. land. Yeah. And you know what? In the land is probably the only place that I want to wear it. Mm. <laughs> you know, exactly. Go down the, go down the sh- uh, shops, go to get your uh, Costa. <laughs> no, not go to Costa in my f- first order. Uh, two, officer's uniform. Your $200 first order uniform. I'd look a bit weird. And well, <laughs> the fact is that I'd look a bit like a Nazi. Um, whereas in Galaxy's Edge, I, I just look slightly not like a Nazi because... Because yeah, you're in character. Because I'm in character. <laughs> and, and, the, and the same is true as Jen. You can buy um, robes that look like Jedi, I guess. Right. But you can't wear them in the land. And it's like, well, what is the point? They'd be buying it. Can Unless kids you're a kid. Oh, right, okay. So kids can dresses Like, there's, I saw lots of kids dresses, Ray. Yeah. Which is fine, but adults can't. And I think Disney's missing a trick there, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know what it will be like, because obviously they're going to... Um, the new Star Wars Hotel, mm. which I can never remember what they called it. I don't think they've called it official name yet. Are they not? It's not Galactic Outpost or something like that. Not the actual hotel, but... I don't know, maybe maybe they have. I feel like that is a thing, I don't know what, I can't remember. Um, yeah, because presumably people going there are going to be dressed up as Star Wars people. Well, I always imagine that to be a bit like um, the secret cinema experience. Yeah. But in a hotel for two nights. Yeah. But then they take you to the land as well, don't they? Yeah. So, so if you've given a character, they, you must be dressed up. Yeah, you would have thought so. They're not going to say, oh, you have to go back into your mm. regular clothes. If, yeah. Especially if they're trying to keep the Star Wars experience going, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, and the other thing, right, so you spend $200 on a lightsaber that you're not allowed to get out in the land. <laughs> I did see people with them out taking right. photos. There was a woman like holding it above her head at night. Yeah. Um, by the by the Falcon, but technically that's not allowed. Right. Okay. And I get it. They don't want people having lightsaber fights with each other in the middle of 
than yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's appropriate use if you you know if you started having a lightsaber battle. But that's exactly what you should be doing, is it? I like just <laughs> just have an area that they've cordoned off. Like like they, they don't make it obvious. They go warning, Jedi sighted or something like that. Right. And I can I can see why they wouldn't do that. Yeah, you because if you got injured. They would get sued. Of course. Like, but even though it's not their fault, they would get sued. Yeah, it does feel a little bit disappointing that you, you, you spend $200 on a lightsaber and you're not allowed to really wield it. Yeah. Which is, which is why, not the reason why I didn't go and get one made, but it contributed. Because mm. what's the point of me buying one? Because I can buy one on Etsy for less money and look better. Right. That I can mount on my wall. Yeah. Or I can buy one on Galaxy's Edge, take a lot of photos with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's that's what where the money's at for me. Yeah, I mean, which I mean, I don't, I don't think you'd have a problem taking photos with it. I wouldn't have thought. Well, I don't know. They're not allowed. I I, when right. I saw the woman, no cast member saw her do it. Right. Okay. So I don't know what would happen if they did. Maybe they'll allow it. Yeah. So that's a bit of an issue, and the fact that you spend I don't know what it is a lot of money on making a droid, and there's nowhere really for you to play with it. Mm. And these are droids like they move on the on the floor and stuff. Now in the land concept art we saw droid lanes where you'd be able to just drive them around and stuff. Not, none, that's not happening. There's a, there was a square patch, very, very small square patch, where they were allowing people to play with their droids. Right, okay. But that wasn't what was advertised to people. So I think this... And I can understand it is very busy. Again, they probably don't want people tripping over them. Mm-hmm. I've kicked a Sphero, Sphero BB-8 before in a conference hall and sent it flying by accident. <laughs> but, I mean, why he was driving I you, it... I thought you were going to say you kicked some kid's droid. <laughs> no, no. Like, I was at a conference, and you said, like, screw you! I've got this Sphero BB-8 somewhere. Yeah. Um, I don't know where, it's, where it is at the minute, but... Um, it, it was just going around. I didn't see it. Mm. I kicked something. I was like, oh, what was that? And I just saw its head just fly off down the hallway. <laughs> um, and I'm like, well, you're an idiot for driving around in a, like, a £100-plus yeah. robot in the middle of a conference that's just gone for break. But... There we go. They were giving it away. Okay. I mean, it was going cheap after I kicked it. I'm sure. It was like it was going to be uh, given to charity. Just like right, just like. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> um, so the other thing, Smugglers Run, is obviously the only attraction that I did. Yeah. Rise of the Resistance. I've seen some footage. I've seen some reviews. Have you watched the Point of View yet? I have. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, have you? Yeah, I've watched one. It looks good. It does look good, yeah. It doesn't look as ama- as amazing as I thought it would be. No, Is like, it... initial impressions, like, it wasn't, like... It, it just reminded me of, like, Spider-Man or Transformers. Yeah, it's that sort of That sort it... of attraction. Uh, like, people are saying it's, like, amazing, and I'm sure, probably in person, it is a lot better. It doesn't better. look mind-blowingly good from the video. Mm. It looks good. But then things like, you know, they don't always look as good on, on no, video. No, no, no. So. Nothing ever does. And I, I'm look, really looking forward to riding it. Yeah. Um, it still looks good. Yeah, it does. But there's little things like when you're getting... I saw this... You're getting blasted by, like, First Order Troopers. Mm. That happens quite a lot. And they like, really seem to be reusing the same effect. Oh, I see. Right, OK. Um, but I'm reserving judgment on that until I, until I see it. It does look really cool. Yeah. There's a couple of animatronics that look really cool. Um, but Smuggler's Run is a fantastic ride if you're the pilot. Right, okay. And I know a lot of these Twitter have been like, oh, you're just moaning because you're entitled. <laughs> uh, the first time I went on it, I was a um, mechanic, I think. Engineer. Engineer. You're right. And I'd obviously heard feedback beforehand, which may have influenced my choice, in saying mechanic's not that exciting. But when I got in, I was amazed by the cockpit. It looks really cool. Then as soon as we take damage, I turn away from the screen and I press buttons. And that's all I'm doing. 
yeah. and it's boring. For kids, completely agree that might be the best thing about, about that day. But for a fully grown adult Star Wars fan, that's not what I'm getting into the Falcon to do. Press buttons. But you're repairing the Falcon, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. You're keeping the ship going. Do you know what happens if you don't? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> you know they promised this thing where if you're not repairing the Falcon that you'd get you get called called upon by bounty hunters or stormtroopers later in the day that would say like right. would be like you owe um Hondo Hon Hondo, I think it's Hondo? Hondo. You owe Hondo credits. Right. Not happening. So what's the point? <laughs> I I'm not that was where the storytelling was really meant to come into its own. Right. Um however, when you're a pilot Yes, I'm still only pressing buttons to a certain extent, but I'm also steering the ship. Mm. And you are steering the ship. You're going up left or right or up and down, depending on what seat you're in. Yeah. And you're jumping to hyperspace, which is still a cool feeling, even if you're just pushing a thing forward. Mm-hmm. That is a completely different experience, and one that make, takes a ride from a 2 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10, or 9 out of 10, I should say. Really. And that's a disappointment. That, I had an argument with someone on Twitter where I said, that, that's where Imagineering have gone wrong. And they were like, no, you're just saying that because, you know, you're you're in this like space. That's what you do. You're a podcaster. Therefore, you're looking for criticism and everything. Hmm. No. If Disney do something good, and I mean good, we praise them for it every yeah. single time. I mean, you know how much I go on about the cellular. <laughs> but also, uh, you know, if I'd gone, if I'd only been on this ride as a pilot and I'd not experienced the engineer, yeah, I would be you telling would say- you. This was a 9 out of 10 attraction. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, the difference in the positions is so vast, I just can't believe how they signed off on it, if I'm being honest. Do you think it's... The the fact that when you're an engineer, do you think it's because you're not looking at the screen that it lessens the experience? That's 90% of what the problem I have with it. Right, so if they change the controls so that they're kind of in front they of came, you... They stuff. came around to you, yeah, yeah, and you're still doing it. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, the other thing is... is a. It is very annoying when you've got terrible pilots. Yeah, yeah. The amount of memes I've seen of like, like yeah. Baby Yoda being the pilot of the yeah. ship. <laughs> it is again. This is like a lot of people on this Twitter criticised for this, saying, "Oh, you're ruining kids' time." Mm. I get it. I totally get it. And you know what? If it had been two kids driving, I wouldn't have a problem. They're just having fun. Yeah. But when it's an adult who's clearly never, I don't know. I don't know. How you can have so little awareness of how a simple left or right or up and down control works yeah. is beyond me. It really is beyond me. It's like you've never played a video game. You're like, wait, you've never even... No, no, no one's ever thrown a ball to you you've had to catch. You're that spatially unaware. And that's when it's annoying. Yeah, I mean, kids, it's, you can understand. It's like a little five-year-old going, oh, I'm fine, the Falcon. Amazing. You could have a great time. Yeah. I don't care if I'm being... It, we're getting hit left, right, and centre. If it's an adult going, oh, whoa, come on, mate, take this seriously. You're flying the Falcon. Sort your life out. I mean, if it, if I wasn't if I wasn't seatbelted in, I would have yeah. buckled myself and be like, get out. <laughs> it's pulled into the back of the ship. Get in the gunner. You yeah. waste of space. Yeah. Do, do you obviously you didn't do the gunner? Do you, what was did you see what the gunners had to do? Pressing button. Right. Okay. Okay. It's either automatic, you hold it down, or manual, you press it when you need to. Right, okay. Again, pointless. Totally, it looked totally pointless. Mm. It looked really, really boring. Um, so that's a real shame. A, a real shame, I think, Imagineering have dropped the ball. And I'm, I'll happily criticise them on it when, when I believe they need to be criticised. 
Um, now, the highlight of the land for me is a the obviously the atmosphere which we've talked about, which is incredible. I've never seen anything like it at Disney or any other theme park. I have to say, Wizarding World is is good, but I'm more of a fan of Star Wars than I am Harry Potter. Right. Okay. So walking yeah. into Batu is an, a very in, like insane surreal experience. But going into Ogre's Cantina is where it takes that experience from, oh my god, I'm in Star Wars, to holy crap, I'm in Star Wars. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I've spoken about it a little bit before. It is expensive, it is crowded, it's too crowded. Mm. But oh my god, you feel like you're in a cantina. And Don, you know, Donna hates, hated it in there. Because right, well, every time you went in Every there, single time she hated it because right. it, it made her anxiety shoot up okay. because there were so many people in there. Yeah. And it was so, no, it's very noisy. Mm. She she wanted to keep going in there for me, which, to be fair, is very nice of her and probably not kind enough on my part in going in three <laughs> times. Um, but I want you to know, everyone, that I do care about her anxiety. I was very protective of her in there. Um, I'll have another drink. <laughs> um, but what I was saying is we watched, as I said, New Hope last night. Mm. Um, obviously, there's a scene in the cantina very near the start of the movie, and Donna was like, Wow, they really did make it look like a Star Wars cantina because mm. she hadn't seen New Hope in years. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even she—that's the first thing she said was, "They've done a really good job with that." Right. Obviously, it's not on Tatooine, so they do look different. But when you see it, it's it is very cool. Mm. They've done it justice. Yeah, they've totally done like a cantina justice. Yeah. And they've got obviously Rex in there as the DJ, which is very cool. There's some cool elements to it when like the power goes out, stuff like that. The drinks are really cool. Even if they're pre-made, they yeah. tasted good. A lot of people complain that they're pre-made, not they're not making you cocktails from scratch. I don't really care. I'm in a Star Wars cantina. I'm not necessarily in there for like 10 out of 10 quality alcoholic drinks. Mm-hmm. The snacks are cool. The bar snacks that we tried looked like, didn't look like anything I'd ever seen on this planet. <laughs> and they tasted great. I think you have to be someone that isn't fussy with your food to enjoy them. What are you saying, Ryan? Well, you, you wouldn't enjoy them. And Donna <laughs> thought they were, yeah, okay. Right. But they looked amazing, and I thought they tasted great. What sort of things did you did you have? Like? No, I couldn't tell you. Oh. Genuinely couldn't tell you what I was... <laughs> no idea what they were. Tasted great. I'm, I'm guessing it was like a mixture of like weirdly shaped hard pretzels and like um, crispy vegetables. Right, okay. I'm guessing. And it came with like a little dip. Right, which but it was all good. It didn't taste like any like dried vegetable that I taste tasted for. Not dried vegetable, crispy veg. Yeah, like kind of like Doritos, but vegetables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. You know, you know, know what I mean? Know, yeah. But it didn't look like them. Right. But I felt like they must have been something like that. <laughs> but they were very, very good. Um, and the drinks all tasted great. A couple of them tasted a little bit too sugary, mm-hmm. which is a problem with pre-made drinks. But I tried um, a couple of cocktails. I tried the beers in there, and they were all. Very good. Again, the biggest issue with that cantina is that there is no one in there that isn't human, other than Rex. No one in there. That, oh, okay, okay. So there's so no there's characters. No, there's no aliens. There's no like alien. That. I mean, which you you see in every single Star Wars cantina that we've seen yeah. in the movies, and there's not there's none of that in happening in there. And I think that's a little bit of a missed trick, just to have every now and again, an alien comes in the bar, orders a drink. It looks like it's alcoholic. It's not obviously they're drinking juice or water or whatever, yeah, yeah. and they're just having a drink with a cup, another alien just chatting in some yeah. different language. That would take the experience even further. 
It's surprising they haven't done that, given that they've got characters going around the rest right. of the land. Yeah. You'd think they'd have one or two people in the bar mm. that were kind of like acting something out. Yeah. Um, it makes you wonder whether they're not doing that because it's so busy. Or I, it, I hope so, because maybe. you know I'd love to see um, First Order Troopers come in and start asking around for, have you seen this person from the Resistance? Yeah. Something that'd like a, that. That would be a really nice touch, wouldn't it? Just like with the picture yeah. of like an alien. Yeah, on like a data pad or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. Make it look cool and be like, have you seen this? Just hide the iPad logo. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, they wouldn't have to do much to it. They no, just no, put yeah. an Android tablet into a, like a into case. A, yeah, like into a, a case. Shell, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, made, made, it would easily make it look like it's like scratch it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then just, and then yeah, just walk around and say, have you seen this? Yeah. yeah. Amazing. I don't yeah. like experience, like, I don't like being spoken to by like you know you're the same but in a cantina where there's first order troopers just literally outside yeah i would expect them to check the cantina for resistance fighters yeah yeah and that's it's missing that even if you know a resistance fighter doesn't have to be ray a resistance fighter comes in has a drink at the bar and a first order trooper comes in he like runs out the back yeah just something something it doesn't, like it doesn't that. need to be so interactive it just it doesn't needs need to be, to be massive. something yeah yeah, something subtle it could be. So that's that for me is the only downside to Ogre's Cantina, but it was by far the one of the best experiences I've ever done at Walt Disney World. Right. And I will, I will, if I'm in Disney World for two weeks, I will hit Ogre's Cantina with the person that I'm with's permission at least twice, at least. Yeah. I enjoyed it that much. The first time I was in there, I spent eighty dollars, <laughs> and I did not care. How many drinks was that? Um. Four plus some food, I think. Right, okay. So very expensive. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't care. Yeah. I genuinely didn't care. Well, that's the thing. I think... I was so you're, amazed. Yeah, you're obviously on holiday, so I think I think it's it's kind that's, of... That's another reason It's a bit more it. acceptable, isn't it? Um, they're still overpriced, but people are willing to spend it because they're on holiday and, you know, it's an experience they're not going to do very often. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I've got a booking for Ogre's Cantina mm. now. Um, so, yeah. Look there are non, there are some um, good non-alcoholic drinks in there. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, seen on the menu that there's a few good ones, and my brother's going to be there, and he drinks, so I'm sure I'll have something. Do you think he'll get the beer fly? <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> um, I'm the only one stupid enough to do that. Hey, I'm the only one stupid enough to do that. <laughs> Having to try and get that back on the plane. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely fine. Just the extra suitcase you had to work, you know. That's well, we did have three cases, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing. Yeah. And even then we struggled. Yeah. Somehow. But then we had three weeks worth of clothes. Right, okay. Okay. I saw I saw on Facebook somebody um that we both used I used to work with, I don't know if you worked with him. Um he had a uh he brought back one of the lightsabers. Oh, I did from, see this yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was quite imp- impressed that he managed to bring that back. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean I don't know how you bring that back. No. Like I don't know if it did, I don't know if it comes apart. But you imagine the actual lightsaber part of it, you'd imagine would all be one solid piece. Yeah, I think it so, is. So, yeah. you know, how are you bringing that back on a plane? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't no. know. It, like, it, that's that's not going to fit in a, um overhead locker. No. Like, the length of it, I wouldn't no. have thought it would fit in an overhead locker. No. It'd probably, be fit, it'd probably fit by your feet, though, if you were, if you were a two. Or oh, what, if you lined you it? just like, lay it down. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if that's how they did it. Yeah. yeah. But you can bring it on your case. Yeah, it's it's, it's, again, I imagine it wouldn't fit unless you took it apart. And then I think the boxes aren't like as big as you think. Maybe if you had it diagonally. Yeah, maybe. I, th- I think because they they give you a strap 
you and you put it over your back. Right. Okay. And they're kind of it's not they're not as big as you think. Yeah. It's just I, th- I assume it would be bigger than longer than a suitcase, but maybe diagonally. I yeah, maybe I don't think they are. Right. I think you're all right. Okay. So I think that's it really with Galaxy's Edge, unless you had any questions. Uh, I don't think so. Obviously, obviously, you didn't do Rise of the Resistance. What do you What do you think of the, um, uh, the Qless system? Yeah, the, so the, the new boarding party system. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's terrible. Yeah, do you reckon? I don't. I assume it's not going to be permanent. I hope not. I assume it's, it's not gone down be... down well, has it? No, no. So basically, what's happened? It what happens is you have to get to the park and go through the gate, right, to be able to access the app. Uh, where it will tell you I think you have to actually go through the gate oh what and then it registers and it knows that you're in, in the park, park. right okay. yeah so then you load up the app and say I want to get a boarding party and then you get a boarding party it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get on the ride because it can break down or whatever sure but then they go okay come back at 12 o'clock and then you go to the rise of resistance and queue yeah great in theory but what's happened is say the park's been opening at say 8.30 in the morning and people have been showing up to the parks at 5am <laughs> Oh my God. Disney have had to let people in for security reasons. Right. They can't have people queuing outside to wait to get in the car park. And there's been so many people by the gate, like by the entrance of Hollywood Studios, they've opened the park at, say, like half six sometimes. Right. This okay. week. Yeah. What, well, last week? Which means that if you're expecting the park to open at half eight and you get there for half eight, yeah. the boarding parties are all gone. Right, I see. Okay. And if you're there for a couple of days, you're going to be annoyed. Yeah. And if you're there on property... You're going to be annoyed because Disney transportation does not start that early into the park. Right, because officially the park hasn't opened. Right, so why would the why would the buses start at half four in the morning? Yeah, when the park doesn't open to half eight, they'll start yeah. at probably about seven. The thing is, it's it. I can understand like yes, they've got safety problems, but they should be turning people away completely. Like because you know they they shouldn't if they keep doing this, then it's it's it, setting a precedent for yeah, future attractions. Yeah, because people will just be like, oh well, I can get there, I can go there at five. It'll open at half six. I don't have to wait until half eight. Yeah. But if if they just turn people away and say, you can't park, you can't mm. stop, we're not open yet, and then you have to come back later, then it kind of, you know, it, it levels the playing field. Mm. Um, and, you know, as you say, it's not setting a precedent for, precedent for um, future attractions and everything like that, is it? Yeah, it's bad. And the, the problem is it's mainly been when you're on property and you're staying. A lot of people don't have cars. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I right. often don't. We didn't last time we stayed there. Yeah. So the only way you can get there really that time of morning is an Uber, which is fine. You can do that if, if that's your choice. What they've started to do again, they're, they're pandering to people. They said, okay, well, I think the gondolas are operating at, you know what, I've actually got the uh, the Times here because I wrote, I wrote an article on this the other day. <laughs> so I know... The gondolas are opening at 6.45. Right, okay. Which is very early. But then that's only if you're on certain resorts, isn't it? That is true. But yeah. minivans are operating at 5am. Right, okay. They're pandering into it. Yeah. Instead of which, turning people away... Which is ridiculous. They're opening more people in. Yeah, if, if, you wanna, if you're going to open the park early, make it official. Yeah. Open the park early, officially. Don't, don't kind of do it unofficially and, you know, if there's people there, then they'll open the park early. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's just not... It's not fair for everyone, even even locals, yeah. who, you know, aren't necessarily going to know what time the park's going to open because it depends what time you turn up. It means every day you have to turn up at, like, 5am mm. in order to get there for park opening because you don't know when it's going to open. Yeah. So It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So I think the whole system is wrong. I think they need to just 
let people into the queue for now. Um, it'd be great. Yeah, it'd yeah. be great if it, it's great in theory, but right now I don't think I it's don't, working. I don't know whether they did they ever have a queue for it. Was it boarding pass straight away? I think it's boarding pass straight away. Right. And they maybe, probably they probably took that from their experience with the Smuggler's Run. Yeah. Um, you know, because obviously they they did queue for Smuggler's Run, but then they introduced the boarding pass system, didn't they? So yes. Like not long afterwards. That's right. And then they stopped that now. Yeah. So maybe it will become. Maybe they'll switch back to the queue at some point. I think they will. I think once it's calmed down in a few weeks, they probably yeah. will after the Christmas period's done. Right. But it does seem that, well, the idea I love, but it doesn't seem to be working right now, you shouldn't be arriving at Hollywood Studios at 9.30 and not being able to ride that attraction. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think Disney have kind of caused that themselves, haven't they? they they're not, they shouldn't be opening early. They no. shouldn't be opening before the scheduled time. No, um, no, absolutely And not. if it's a security thing, turn people away. Well, they did when on the uh, on opening day they started yeah. turning people away. And yeah, because people people were turning up at like three a.m. Yeah, which, Jesus, like, it's ridiculous, isn't it? But but <laughs> yeah. people were just parked on the back. They were just waiting right on the verge, and police had to come and start telling them to move on. Yeah, move on. And move I think on. that's what they should have to do because it's you know they shouldn't if if they can't handle the people queuing at that time of day they should be turning them away. Yeah, you know. No, definitely, it's, 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 it's insane. Yeah. So overall, Galaxy's Edge is, I think, a masterpiece in in Imagineering design. I think there's there's obviously some issues with with land. There's going to be issues in anything that Disney does, I think, or anything that anything park does. Mm. Um, especially as a Star Wars fan, you're going to critique it more. But overall, I'd say if you're thinking about going, absolutely go. Especially now that Rise of the Resistance is open, just make sure you get there at five. <laughs> how how busy was it in general? Um, when you, were you know what the first couple of times I went there it wasn't as busy as I thought it was going to be Right. Okay. I went there by myself one morning and the queue was right from so Smuggler's Run is like one side of the land mm. and the other side of the land exits into Toy Story, Toy Story Land yeah. the queue was into Toy Story Land Right. Okay. which was insane and I was in the queue and I was like that's when I did a, a live video on Facebook when I was mm. walking towards it I, I got, a, got to the queue and I was like no <laughs> so I just went and did um I think I went to Stinky Dog Dash. Right. Okay, no, yeah. no, Stinky Dog Dash was down. Oh. <laughs> so I went and did, I went and got a coffee and then did Rock and Roller Coaster. Right, okay. Or one or the other before. And came back, the queue was still there by Toy Story Land. So I, I was like, this can't be right. So I walked to the front of the attraction and there was no one queuing for single riders. So I just went, oh, I just walk in. Oh, I see. <laughs> so I just walked in and waited 10 minutes. <laughs> what was the one that you said recently was... The queue for single rider was like halfway down the line. Uh, Hagrid's. Ah, uh, Hagrid's, right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Motorcycle, motorcycle, magical creature, adventure. All the words. All the words. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that one was like that. I, th- I, think, I guess that's, that's something we should give Disney credit for, is they have, they've named their attractions quite sensibly in this land. Smugglers Run. Easy to say. Two words. Rise of the Resistance. Rise of the Resistance. It Four makes, words. It, but it makes it, sense. It's, and it's super simple to say. Yeah. It's like yeah, you know, in in even like the, like the made up words like ogre, ogre's cantina. Yeah, easy to say. It's super simple. And Ronto not, Ronto roasters. Yeah, easy not to like say. Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. Yeah, <laughs> no one British can say that. Can anyone American say? It? I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. It's should, very difficult. We should do an experiment next time you're in the park. Just like go up to people, record them. Can you say Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway? Just, I'm going to say, can you say this? <laughs> That'd be a great little um, video, video, yeah. an episode to do, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. How fast can you say this? 
McKinney's run by boat. Oh. <laughs> uh, so that's it on our Galaxy's Edge special. We hope you've enjoyed it. Please do and go and rate us five stars on the iTunes podcast app. And also go and follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Theme Park Trader. So thanks again for listening and we will see you all again for one more show before Christmas next week. Is it? Yes. Oh, yeah, it'll be the Monday before, be the Christmas, Monday before Christmas. Yeah. So we'll see you next week. Ah, there you are. And just in time. There's a little matter I forgot to mention. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. They have selected you to fill our quota. And they'll haunt you until you return. Ha, 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 ha